It's the Bay Podcast with Liam Wachter, Mike O'Donnell, Mike Ferrucci, featuring Jim Lennon, Joseph Sabia. What's up, everybody? This is episode 26 of the Bay Podcast. I'm Liam. With me today, I have Mike O'Donnell. Say what's up, Mike. How's it going, guys? Also with me is Mike Ferrucci. Say what's up, Ferrucci. Hey, what's going on, people? Then we have back once again, Jim Lennon. Say what's up, Jim. Hello. And also we have a new first-termer, Joseph Sabia. Say what's up, Joe. Time fan, first time caller. All right, all right, all right. So, big news uh, for this podcast is that this is actually the beginning of our third tour of duty doing this podcast. This is our third year doing it. Um, pretty cool. I mean, we've stuck with it for now going on three years. Uh, I know, I think we started, well, the first one was me alone, which really sucked. It was really boring. So, I'm glad that we got everyone else on there and we've had uh, so many different guests. Throughout the years, um, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I think this is a, a great way to keep in touch with people that come to your events. It's uh, gives them good information, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's a good way to, you know, like I said, in, in, be insightful on everything that's going on. I mean, I know. We have other outlets of being able to be reached, whether it's social media or anything. But you know, it's a good way to, like I said, get your news and you know, information and all that jazz. And uh, you know, and like I said, get the heads up on what's going on for the up and coming future. For me, I think it's a really cool part of everything that we've ever done as an organization has grown really organically, and the podcast. Listenership has, has grown organically along with everything else that we do, and I, I think it's just naturally become a, a really cool part of, of who we are. And, you know, like other, like most everything that we do, nobody else is doing it, so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny? I get a lot of feedback from the podcast, and guys will say, like, a lot of, it's like, I feel like I'm there with you guys, which is really what a podcast tries to achieve. It's like, it's supposed to be like a round table discussion. And if you're a listener, you still like want to feel like you're there, you know, and that's what I think keeps guys hooked if they're listening. We do have our regular listeners. I really wish we had more listeners, but I mean, we're such a niche thing and targeted to such a, a small audience, I guess, in a way that 
you know, I, the, I guess the listener base, like the count isn't too bad for what we're achieving or trying to achieve. Um, uh, I mean, I even talked to one guy, I think at army barracks and he recognized Ferrucci in person. It's almost like Ferrucci is like some weird celebrity. He recognized, yeah, I, know. I, I know that guy. I've been talking to him, uh, forever since the, the first year we did this in Junction city, I was trying to get him to come. Yeah. Um, cause I've been going to that Newington army barracks for a long time. Yeah. Um, same, same. Yeah. He recognized the Bay logo on my uh, jungle jacket last time I was there. Yeah, see, that's yeah, it's awesome. He's all about it. I've been trying to convince him to come for years since like day one. Um, he's really into like uh, Russian gear, and I think he does uh, I think he does German stuff with bones, like modern German stuff. Um, oh, he but, uh, he might. I think he. If we're talking about the same guy, he did sign up for uh, Oregon Trail. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, so. Sign up for fit training, though. I Enough. believe I believe he did. I believe he did also. Good man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But not not even just um not even just that that dude from that army barracks, but like um the army barracks outside of Boston, literally everywhere, every military shop that I've been in on the East Coast, um, I've, I've mentioned our name and somebody has heard of us, which is it's really cool. It's it's really nice. Nationwide. So not yet. So whatever we're doing is working. In yeah. terms of getting Slowly. our you know, getting our name out there. Or organically, which is which is how you want it to happen. Because if we were pushing all this like big marketing stuff, like I know we do a lot of marketing, but if but you know, if we were we were trying to push it too hard, then we'd be getting way too many of the wrong type of people. But yep. our growth is just so natural over time yeah. that it's uh, you know, by the time we reach to that, that height that we really want to be at, um, you know, people are going to understand what we're about rather than having to figure it out on the fly. Yeah, it's almost like a vetted uh, advertising process. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like we're in year three of preview or year four of previews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, we'll keep on going with this. I think, uh, I think Roman said it too. Like at one point, he was like, "Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive that we've stuck with doing this for this long." You know, with the you know with the podcast and everything. So I mean, I, I have fun doing it. It's we do it once a month, so it's not that big of a big of a thing. It's a good excuse for us to even get together and we talk and bullshit. You know, before and after the podcast, and obviously during the podcast. So it kind of keeps like the Bay Crew together in a lot of ways too. Like, well, it, it's just an excuse to like get on the phone with everybody if if uh, if people can't make it. Like today, we're you know we're all on the phone, but we we sat there and bullshit. Bullshit for 30 minutes before we even started this podcast. So, yeah, it's a good excuse to, like, get together when we haven't seen each other, especially in the offseason. But let's move on to the first event of our season, which is Steel Cog 5, March 20th, Zulu 24 in New York. Tickets are $40 online, $45 for walk-ons. We've got a lot planned. We merged two event series together. And put it into the Steel Cog series. Uh, we, we took elements from the Ragnarok series and moved them into Steel Cog. I'm kind of excited about this. The more and more I talk about this event with all the guys planning, it's it's going to be a ridiculous event. Mike, I think Mike secretly, he puts on the, the outer shell of hating this event. But deep down, he fucking loves it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. you do. 
No, That's he... how I felt like the first time, and now I just show up and and it's just chaos. It's just it chaos. is chaos. It is chaos. It's pure, unadulterated chaos. The only the only satisfaction I derive from it is like Wiki and Ferrucci calling me boss all day. Yeah. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh-huh. And Sabia is planning to go. This is going to be your first one of this series, right, uh, Sabia? Correct. This actually is going to be what your third actual airsoft event. Uh, yeah, it'd yeah. be number three. Yeah. Another third termer. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we've got. Uh, what do we have? We have the Sons of the Silent Age. We had Wolf Wolfhound Millshit Group. Then we have the Crystal Cats, and then we also are adding in the Fangs of Fenrir, which are the Op Four side from the Ragnarokker series. They're going to be running around. And then we have a few extra like. I guess what are they called? Fourth or fifth party uh, characters that had, they're are really unaffiliated with any of those little factions, and they're going to be doing their own thing. So there are a lot of like things going on, and the challenge. I, for, I, don't I know. Well, that's. The, I don't go ahead, Mike. I don't understand why we're adding more more factions when people can't even do green versus tan. Well, here that's the thing is people don't even understand what side they're on with armbands. I know. Well, well that's that's the thing is wait, wait. Stop stop ranting for a second. Stop ranting for a second. Cuz this is the toughest part for me is cuz I'm trying to figure out how do I make this simple enough with all this shit going you on. You can't. You can't. There's, you can't. You have to physically move people and tell them what to do. They're, they're, they cannot, it, it does not compute. There's nothing simple enough. I know. There's nothing simple enough. Green versus tan is as simple as it gets. Even simpler is one team has red armband, the other team has blue armband. Did you see... And uh, people still don't get it. I know. Mike, did you it's see... Astounding. I was watching the uh, the Zulu video. They do like a little video, like, like you know, three-minute update. They actually are... For their events, so for their green versus tan events, for their ops, they are not allowing multicam at all. Really? Yes. It, they oh. said it's too confusing because it's too it looks too close to green. So you need to either wear a super obvious tan camo or a super obvious green camo. But but see, here's the thing: is that people are gonna fucking show up with half green, half tan, and then like a multicolored chest rig. I know. Or wear green with all tan gears. People just, they can't do it. They can't do it. It's weird. I, I don't I don't get it. it it's such a weird or thing. The, or they come with flannel and jeans and you're like, you're an idiot. You're I'd rather have the jeans. I think the jeans the jeans are fine but by me because that's a civvy that's a civvy uniform. That's one of the uniforms for the, one of the factions. I forget which one. I think it's Wolfhound. Yeah, Wolfhound. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, is that you can post that and say that that's what the thing is, but then they show up with flannel and jeans and, and like, operator patches, and they're like, no, I'm on fucking green team. I know. It's like... I remember when you're a, a pair of friends showed up. Point to a green thing on your kit. Yeah. Point to a green thing. Well, I remember a pair of friends show up demanding to play in the same team. One shows up with full woodland, and the other one shows up with full multicam. I'm like, why would you... If you guys are, are a team or friends... Why wouldn't you wear the same fucking uniform? 
I don't even. This thing is, I don't think the mentality behind it is that they're wearing a uniform. They're just wearing their their favorite airsoft gear. They're not wearing a uniform in their heads. But whatever. We're we don't care about that. We're we're trying to promote. Yes, there are colors. Um, show up in that color to make our lives and your life easier. But we're by default going to armbands when the event starts. I think even the NPCs are going to be wearing armbands. So like the Crystal Cats, we're just going to be wearing a different color armband than the uh, the blue armbands and the, the red armbands for, you know, Sosa and the Wolfhound. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. At the end of the day, once the event starts going and you, you don't take it that serious, you're like, oh, it's not there's that bad. Nothing, there's nothing you can do. Once the wheels are in motion, there's nothing that you can do. Right. Yeah, you just kind of roll with it and have fun. Yeah, I'm just looking towards stamping everything. Wait, what did you say, Fruji? No, I was saying I'm looking towards stamping everything. Yes. So, well, certain... but I mean, like, all right, like, all right, Fruji, it's funny you brought that up. Even those stamps and those um those uh clipboards, they yeah. couldn't even handle that. They were literally using my clipboards as target practice. There's one that just got shot the fuck up. It's like, and I'm like, was it just because it was in the middle of like a battle? I'm like, no, they were just shooting it. They were just shooting the fuck out of this clipboard. It must have been some 12 year olds guarantee who had nothing better going on. It's, it's so fucking weird. I, I, I don't know. I know it's, it's a, it's a whole class of two worlds, obviously where we come from with damn soft. And then you just have that, you know? The casual walk-on, <laughs> who who definitely loves who loves speed soft and probably watches Scott the doggy if he still you know puts up videos, and just yeah, that's in, in his mind just the, that's what he expects from an airsoft event. So, those people. yeah, those people, and uh, yeah, they just need to learn a thing or two about structure. We're, and we're, we're trying, man. We're trying. I mean. I, I would say it's 50-50 because we do get a lot of guys who like, like uh, Mike was saying, like Wiki and then his guys, like, uh, you know, like Maloof and DeBono and all those guys, like, they get it. They go to, they've gone to other events that we do. Um, mm-hmm. Of course. So, like, it's like half and half, I guess. Wait, is uh, Red, his crew coming? Yeah, they plan on coming. All right. Because I know they take it serious as well and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder if Team Flannel will show up. Who knows? I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know. I didn't talk to them guys. Um, hopefully they come. It's this is really like the first big event that we have for the year. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, think about it, man. That that this actually like kickstart kickstarts us into going into April. Which we have the expo, and then we have the fit training. So like this is kind of like us, like all right, guys, let's get let's get our airsoft uh, gear all you know dusted and out of the out of the closet and ready to go. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's exciting, and you know, and like I said, we'll hear a lot of people. Most of them will enjoy it, and then you know, just keep going, going with it. I yeah. mean, I don't know what are the twists and twists we have to apply or other devices we're going to be using this time around but i'm certainly looking, looking to forward towards it well <laughs> save you will like this so i was talking to uh sullivan uh the other night or yet actually yesterday and i have a whole like i got a whole bunch of like big um tank round pods 
So we're going to be using those as nukes, and we're calling the nukes uh, glizzies. Nice. So, so they'll be glizzy, the glizzy nukes. So we have. So what? Uh, obviously, I, I, you know, I guess they're going to have to diffuse the glizzies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you have to smuggle glizzies from point A to point B. Yep. Yep. You got to deliver those glizzies. <laughs> So, well, will, will, that, will, involve, will that involve the crystal caps? I can't. I, I'm not going to divulge in that. Okay, all right. You can't confirm or deny. No, no. So, Jim, how about you, man? You want? You have any interest in coming to see? Do you have any interest in coming I, I and seeing Airsoft at its most been, normal? I'm not saying at its lowest. Honest. Probably at its most well, normal. I would, yeah, I, would, I would absolutely like that. I would absolutely come. Yeah. Are you sure? Because <laughs> keep in mind, Jim, there's going to be a shit ton of twelve-year-olds. Okay, there's going to be no structure. Okay. Well, the only way you'll enjoy this is if you bring a camping chair and a twelve-pack and, <laughs> and just watch it happen. Just come and yeah. Just come and yeah. smoke cigars with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only yeah. Way. yeah. Don't come correct. Just come here. Well, you know, come to see the circus. I'll come see the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. people watching. Yes. I distinctly remember uh, watching someone at one of the other, uh, I don't want to name names, you know, whatever it was, where all, all these, these people in their full expensive tactical kits and, and at least one of them had no source of hydration at all. <laughs> Not even a, like a, a Poland spring bottle. Yeah. It was just like you're running around. It's hot. You've been here for three hours. I'm not saying you need a camelback, but like get water out of the car or something. What's something, man. They it's spend weird. too much money on maybe, the rest of the year. And maybe mom didn't pack it. Probably. <laughs> That's Probably. 100% what I mean, it is. I My favorite, though, and I've mentioned this in multiple podcasts, is you get the guy with the $600 airsoft gun, the guy with the cry. Fucking gear, the the uh, the what is it the um the LBT plate carrier, and then they got a pair of shitty Payless construction boots on. That's mm-hmm. almost almost is good enough, right? Yeah, like like don't the only thing not to cheap out on is boots. Right. Yeah. Like you can even get a, get by with a shitty gun, but if your boot if your ankle's fucked. Because you're walking around on rocks and stuff, those those payless boots are not going to help you. You could roll people in a sweatshirt, jeans, and fucking uh, uh, like a fucking purse full of mags. Yeah. Like, like get some good boots. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <run. laughs> if your feet ain't happy, you ain't happy. Yeah. I guess the, that's Schultz. like the last thing. That, I mean, <laughs> I guess the priorities are not there though for for footwear. Yeah. It's so funny. So funny. So yeah, Steelcock Five, guys, uh, March twentieth, twenty twenty one at Zulu twenty four, New York. Oh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I don't know. I'm, like I said, I have fun with it, man. I mean, the planning. We. I mean, our conversations, Mike. Like you gotta, you gotta attest to that. Like it's our planning and story and shit that we're, you know, story forming, which no one really cares about except for us. But it is fun coming up with all the different stupid scenarios for these events. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, but we got new new characters coming this year. Of course, 
Of course. I got dude, I I I actually spent the other day making uh bio pictures for everybody, so uh them. Yeah, I'll be posting them throughout the month. I mean, what do we what do we have like a month and two weeks until the event, so I'll, yeah, I'll spread them I'm out. I'm excited for that, you know, to see everybody dress up and get the character and uh you know, do what we got to do. Yeah, I, I love my uh my big bay outfit. I thought I looked fucking cool. Yeah, you know. I just I just can't wait for uh, Mike and I to just do our part, you know, and uh look as silly as possible, you know. And uh I can't wait for Saigon Joe to make his debut. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh I also can't wait for Pistol Panther. I can't wait for, you know, Limp Worm. You know, the list goes on. Yeah. Um I mean everybody knows I love Snake, so. Oh yeah, <laughs> the flaccid one. What snake are you going as this time, Mike? Same one. Same, same snake. Same snake. Yeah. yeah, but three or four of these down the line when I'm way too tired for it. I swear to God, I'm showing up at zero in a wheelchair and an oxygen tank. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a minigun on the side. Though. Yeah. Come on. No, I'm just gonna be a fucking vegetable in a wheelchair. <laughs> You're gonna have to wheel me around. Dude, yeah, the, the objective is keeping you alive. And protecting you the entire yeah. event. Yeah, make sure make sure they don't pull the plug on you. Gotcha. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the objective of the other side is to pull the plug. Exactly. <laughs> Which is undoubtedly going to happen. And then I'm gonna go have lunch. <laughs> during lunch, yeah. During no, as as your team leaves you for lunch, you just be out there in the middle of the field alone. The early bird. Go for the early bird. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, you have that guy with multi-cam walking into your hospital room and pulls the plug on your ass. <laughs> we got him! We got him! We got, we got him. him! He's dead! We're free! <laughs> yeah. Can you feel the brand new day? Da -da -da. <laughs> uh, and the legend continues. The legend continues. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes. No, fortunately. It is what it is. We gotta do it. It's a necessary evil for us guys. Exactly. Indeed. Alright, let's get spicy now and talk about a post that came came to us really abruptly and, and surprised a lot of the base staff on East Coast Nomsoft, calling us out for a lot of things that I we can we can disagree with or agree with or people can think about us whatever but i really just wanted to you know before we 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 as the group here on this uh, podcast talk about it, i really want to like set something straight um just just like you know i was i really wanted to reply to this guy and i was going to and i was like hey whatever i don't whatever i'm not going to get into it um and then I decided to, and then the, the post was deleted. And I guess it's probably for the better. I was like, you know what, I don't want to get into it with somebody on the internet. But I really just want to make it clear, like, when I started Bay, and I, you know, like, like Mike's been, been here since day one, and Mike can agree with me or, or disagree with me what, with what I'm about to say. is like, I've been a part of, like, the Nomsoft community for a while, like, doing the Vietnam events with, like, all the other producers and stuff, and... At the end of the day, I really just wanted to run an event my way and how I envisioned what an event would be to me, like or, or like a fun event or an awesome event that I that I want in my my vision. So I went off and did it. 
So at the end of the day, if you have all these complaints about how we're doing our event, you can do what we did and go make your own fucking event. That's it. Like there's no, there's no way if, if, uh, you know, like we're not the only choice. There, there's, a, there's infinite choices. And in the fact that you can go and make your own Vietnam airsoft event, have fun doing it. I mean, I can give you some free advice though. Um, alienating yourself with the community that you're probably going to need to run your event is not a smart way to start. Right. So with that said, I really want to thank the community for backing us up. Uh, I thought that was really nice. Like I really, I was really surprised how many guys came out of the woodwork woodwork that have gone to our events and were like just defending us and and that, you know, that really wasn't necessary for you guys, but I really appreciate that. It wasn't even just us. It was just, just the idea of Vietnam airsoft in general. Yeah. I mean, even guys who like, you know, aren't even one thousand percent on board with what we do. We're we're coming out and being like, no, this is this this is not it. <laughs> that, that's not it. No, I know. And it's just just slowly and and surely eradicating this idea of close enough, and and getting more people dedicated to the idea of coming correct and 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 getting the right gear. Because I mean, this this ridiculous idea that you can have substitutes especially when you know something you know just for a specific example something like m56 gear is just about as expensive as alice gear yeah yeah they're really at this point becoming around the same price so it's it's ridiculous to be like oh well i'll just get the alice stuff because it's cheaper and it's like no it's really not and m56 gear has always been plentiful on ebay and surplus stores and in the community so there's just no reason to skimp on on easy things like that so this this really lazy idea um is is it's 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 losing its ground very quickly especially we saw especially when we missed on the point of a vietnam soft (laughs) it's you know i know right like why would you call it vietnam if you're not wearing anything from vietnam well make any sense Right, and then to, to sort of piggyback to, to a moment ago to what Mike said about the, the cost, I I don't believe personally that Alice Gear is just as expensive as N56, but even if it's $5 cheaper, you're still spending up to $5 as much on the wrong gear. Yeah. So if even if you're paying a dollar for an Alice pouch, guess what? That's a dollar that could have gone to a $10 N56 pouch. Right. So to, to, to spend right. any amount of money on the wrong gear is just flat out wrong, and to, and for them to, to call us out as being spoiled for for using the correct gear, it's sort of like, in my mind, that was like a left handed compliment. They didn't mean it as such, but it's like, oh, you're 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 praising us for for using the right shit. How about that? Right. Thank you. I mean, there's another just, element in that statement too, with what he was saying. Is he actually? Acknowledged the difference that he knew the difference between Alice and M56 and chose to go with Alice. It's like you know the difference. That's even worse than just being ignorant about about the subject. Wait, wait, doesn't really. Like you you're just flat out. You're you're flat out denying to to get the right thing. I don't get it. I don't know. Either he doesn't know what it is, or it's. He's clearly cutting corners. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, I, he has he grasped on the idea and he knows it. 
but he doesn't want to do. I mean, some people are that cheap. It's just lazy. And, and, and no, exactly. And, right. And it's it's very appalling, and it's almost asinine that you want to cut corners for a historic. Because like obviously we're not doing it just for shits and giggles. I mean, obviously we talk about it all the time. But when we, you know, host an event, we're doing it not just to have people, you know, have a shoot 'em up gallery. We're here to, like I've said dozens of times, tell a story and have an experience. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing, Frucci. We've always started out saying we would rather have ten guys who care about coming with the right gear and looking the part. Than having a hundred guys with just whatever mishmash they they find at the bargain bin at the any surplus store, right? And, you know? and, I, and I, I get you know, and I and I see you know, it's one thing that you don't you know someone doesn't understand their history or do, you know like getting into it. I mean, because all of us started off as farms, honestly. Speak and for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself, Rooting for sure. Oh my. Hey, look! I owe up to it. You've already there. There's pictures of me online as a farm, so I owe. Hey, up to I'm it. I'm there with you, Ferrucci. I'm I'm in the same boat. I started out as a huge farm, massive farm, and then it, I mean, it took me the better part of of my Vietnam airsoft career to figure it out. Exactly. You know, it's, you know, it's not an easy process, especially yeah. with the community that like. I mean, we can be brutal. I mean, we are brutal. Yeah. But um. But eventually, you kind of it, it clicks, and then all the brutal people are your friends. Exactly. Yeah, that's know. true. That's true. And the other thing is, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, like, you know, obviously, just you know, either you either find the right people, or you just you know go on the right websites to be you know you know more informed. I mean, obviously, like I said, Mike and I, we started off you know with with the improper gear, you know, but like I said, once we had a grasp on it, we immediately. Because we, you know, because one way or another, it means a lot to us to, you know, show, you know, not even show off, but just like represent that piece of history, you know, accurately and authentically. And I know I probably mentioned on, I think it was on the previous podcast where we went to the museum in January of 2020 and having those vets come up to us, you know, like, wow, you guys, you know, did an excellent job representing what we did 50 years ago. I mean, it meant the world to, you know, to, for myself personally. Yeah. That, you know, they looked at, you know, with, with, you know, especially with us looking at them, with obviously in high regards, you know, they, they made the, you know, that those sacrifices and everything. And, but I, I guess, I guess going back to, you know, like I said, when you have these people who kind of call a spoil or, or even some, some event runners who, who have the nerve to call their events reenactments when they have no, you know, no direction or any focus on any particular unit or you know like oh you know we can you know it, it's preferred you bring vietnam gear but if you don't it's no big deal like how do you call yourself a reenactment when you don't well, not, not even just a not even just a reenactment for a sheet vietnam at all just vietnam in general like you're not doing vietnam exactly. I would, like, see i would almost give i would almost give them are oh, you're doing a vietnam themed event right? right you're but you're like you're just going all right like this is a sunday pickup uh, Sunday pickup game, but we're gonna like recreate the battle of uh, Hue City, and it's just it's just green versus tan bullshit. But you know, like, and then it could be like, oh, we're doing Normandy, like, like I I'd almost give them that and be like, you're not really, it's not a Vietnam milsim, it's not a Vietnam reenactment, it's not what we've been doing. It's really just like, oh yeah, it's a theme, like just well, just like. Yeah, I mean, you bring up the point, like, I know, obviously, we never talked about this on, you know, in airsoft, but, like, when I was paintballing, 
you know, when you went out to uh, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, they had a Normandy event. Yes. And honestly, all they had were landing craft, and then everyone else had just, you know, whatever gear they had for paintball. Right. You know, and I think it's that sort of low, lowest common denominator that they're instilling. And then, like I said, it gives a wrong impression towards, well, younger players or even players who just don't have the knowledge about Vietnam. They treat it like it's Call of Duty. So they come in with M81 Woodland, a 249 Saw. And, you know, like I said, they get this wrong impression. I also blame video games, but that's a whole other discussion. But they, they just need to, like, understand, like, what other events are, are ha- how they're handling it, and at like, least so having a thought for themselves, realizing like not everyone's like this, right. especially if they ever, ever sign up for our events and everything. Like we're just a whole nother animal, and like it's you know, and as we talked about, till we're blue in the face, you know how we just try to make this a like like I said, a reenacting experience. You know, we're not trying to be lone wolves. We're not trying to be lurps out there in the middle of the woods. You know, we're 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 seventy third airborne. We're a unit. We we treat it as such. I mean, we have we we still you know like obviously what we're doing in April. We're gonna you know work on our squad tactics as if we were in Vietnam. You know, like that's how serious we take, and that's how serious people need to understand how we take it for ourselves. I mean, obviously we're not treating it like I said so much as airsoft, but also like we said before, creating that bridge between reenactment and airsoft, which you know as discussed before. Airsoft is kind of looked down upon in and that's, that's the thing. I, w- I want to stray away from, like, calling our event Airsoft. Like, we're literally a reenactment just using Airsoft weaponry. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. instead of using cap guns, we're using right. toy BB guns. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Your blank fire M16 is a fucking glorified cap gun. There's, there's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's the only difference. Right. I, I actually, I want to touch on something. Uh, really cool. I so I understand the importance for other events that don't take restrictions as seriously, or a time and a date and a unit and all that stuff, because it starts introducing people into the community slowly to where they get to a point where they can come to an event like ours. But here's something kind of cool that I noticed on that post, and I, I feel this kind of strongly now is that. The community is starting to accept less of that. Well, Mike, because Mike, wait, well, Mike, can, I'm it sorry. It kind of feels like everybody who's into it already is, is already at a point where they, they want to get to that next level. Mike, well, Mike, so anybody we... who comes with that attitude is automatically like, no, we don't even need those kind of events anymore because we're, we're just we're just doing it Mike. And, and to see this community accepting less of the like the farvisms and reenactorisms is, is really cool well here, here's the thing um we think about like our event right we have events where like our, like uh um coaches last year there were a few guys it was just their first airsoft event altogether and they're starting yeah. there's we provide everything through our uh, content and all that stuff where people don't even have to go through those steps of going to the beginner Vietnam-themed airsoft game. They're already right. skipping all that. Right. And, 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 and not, not only are we providing that, but the community itself is starting to realize that they can do that and accepting less of the bullshit. Yes, yes. Which is cool in and of itself. Yeah. What what I it's not uh, just that we have it it's, it's it's that people don't want to do that shit anymore. 
Right. What I noticed when I, when I first joined up with you guys was the, the literature that you have widely available to every swinging dick out there um, or all those who identify as anything else. Uh, but there's literally a color-coded chart with every fucking thing that you either need or would want to have at Oregon Trail or Cochise or MacArthur, whatever it is, literally color-coded. Like, this is this is what you want. This is ideal. This is the next column over. This is, like, acceptable. It'll get you through the weekend if you can't find the $300 lightweight rock. If you, if you right. kind of, like, doctor up the Alice pack and kind of, you know subtly get it to to conform on to maybe if you could just get the lightweight ruck frame that kind of thing that's passable and then there's the red like don't you dare fucking show up with this shit right and and i feel like the people that looked at it are either saying oh that's incredibly informative or this is a little bit you know remedial which is great and then there's the people that have clearly never seen that that piece of, of information before and they, they show up with uh looking like a surplus store on fire with, yep. with alice or newer gear yeah so it, it's to say that that we're spoiled because we're using the right gear or we're elitist because we want people other people to show up with the correct gear it's like well maybe if if you consider that we're if you take out the fact that we're considering slight substitutions or slightly uh more passable things than alice pouches and 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 modern sleeping bags and that kind of thing it's like we're, we're allowing we're already allowing substitutions but those substitutes are are very close to the exact things used such as like uh, another one of my personal favorites post-war uh, poncho liners Except for the center seam, which you could add in, it's identical. It looked yep. the same. Is it a woodland? No. Does it look like woodland? No. Does it look like ERDL? Yes. It's fine. It's passable. It'll cost half as much. And if you beat it up, it's it's not like you're destroying history. So, again, it's just the whole the whole uh, misconception of of getting spoiled by using the right stuff. Get off! Get off it, man. Yeah. Hold on. If what? you want to, if you want to use your two dollar Alice pouches because you think they look correct, or if you want to fade an OG one hundred seven uh, five hundred seven shirt because you think it looks like a one hundred seven, even though it's completely the wrong texture and weave and color and everything else, it, 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 do what you want to do. But but Liam, like you said before, if if you have a problem with what we do, do what you want someplace else. Yeah, that's the Absolutely. bottom line. Well, just this... go away, man. Just go away. Yeah. Nobody's forcing you to do it. No, that's what I'm saying. Like there, there are other options plus making your own option yourself. And yeah. and one of the arguments he had was that, um, oh, me showing up with Alice really breaks your immersion. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, it does. And here's why. Because I spend all year, multiple years now at this point, writing up uh, content to hold your hand and getting the right stuff. So you showing up the wrong thing tells me that you don't care and you can't even do the bare minimum of preparing yourself for this event. So now I have to worry about you from an event, you know, an event runner and someone who wants to create this really immersive atmosphere. Now you're a liability for me. So yes, you're breaking my immersion. Like you can't even handle following directions to get ready for this event. Then yeah, I have to worry about you. It's not a realistic thing that I have to worry about. You can't follow the basic rules. Who's to say you can come in and follow any of the rules? Exactly. And, and the thing is, maybe you will. Maybe you'll be fine. 
But but it's still as someone who's running the event to make sure everyone else is having fun. I have to now worry about you. So yes, you are breaking my immersion if you show up with an Alice pouch because you're telling me that you did not follow directions. Right. The, the other part, part of that is it's it's not just about us. Or or I think another uh, point he tried to claim was if you're calling someone out on Alice pouches, you are breaking your own immersion, which is sort of like <laughs> well here we are bitching about it on Facebook. So. You know, internet wasn't around in '69. Like I'm head to toe legit. Like my my cell phone's in the car all weekend. But um, the the other thing is, if you if you really show up correct, you will know because you will be in a shit ton of photos. Liam, I don't know how many rolls you went through yeah. on your cameras. I shot at least eight or nine, maybe ten rolls of of film on my period correct camera on on period passable uh, Kodak 400. You know, it it it, it takes time. And a shit ton of money to develop and print and go through all of those photographs. I don't want a fucking Alice patch, you know, pouch going through the the, the process and, and ruining that photo for yes, me. Yes, and there are some photos that I go through and I'm like, oh man, there's one guy with the wrong thing. And I can't Right, use this that would photo. have been perfect if it wasn't for that asshole yep. right over there. All the time. Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I just. I, you know, it's funny, Joe, you, you, I, had, I actually had bullet points that I wanted to touch on, and that actually leads me to a bullet point that I had where I look around the communities, like the, the reenacting communities and stuff, and I, and I see guys who've gone to our events, they're actually proud of what they've, what they've achieved, like putting their impressions together and coming to like our events. Like They'll like post their pictures up in, in re- the reenacting uh, groups and stuff like that. I think someone posted oh, yeah. something. Like someone, uh, I think Sam Gregory posted a... A picture of our the, the big group shot from Cochise, and I'm like, he like, you're that's what we want to do. That's that's the goal. That's what we're 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 doing it, guys. Like I don't know what why there's any pushback at this point. Like the guys are proud first, of what they're doing. The first year we ever did this, the the group photo from Junction was the cover of Vietnam Reenactors. I know, I know, and that's the thing is like all these guys like Randy, like all these guys. They're, they feel like they're, you know, as us as a group, like not just the Bay staff, but like everyone who's going to our our events. So like the the Bay community, I guess we'll we'll call it, right? They're proud of what they're achieving. Like it, it's it's a group effort. At the end of the day, it is a group effort, and everyone I think is is proud of what they're doing and proud of coming correct. Like we do joke around about coming correct. Yes, it is a goofy thing. It's it's we we make light of it, but it is still like somewhat of a serious thing and and i i just feel like we are doing it we're we're getting it done you want to you spend your time with people that put as much time and effort into their impression as you do yeah yes for a historical uh based event it's it's, it's that's a no-brainer it's you know a guy's gonna come walking on you know like 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 joe said like a circle store on fire you know, it's like you just shows that okay, either A, you're brand new, you haven't read anything, you just showed up, or B, you just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if if you just found out about an event, any event doesn't have to be bad. If you just found out about an event, and your choice is between um, some some Rothko BDU cut pants that are in OD or wearing like Woodland or something, yeah, okay, where where the BDU cut ODs to get you through the weekend, but but with the amount of planning that goes on between the staff and the attendees right. for for the the big August non stuff, it, it's not a race. 
and maybe that's just the, the collector side of me talking, but it's collecting is not a race. Reenacting and acquiring your kit, it shouldn't be a race. If it's a short-term thing to get you to the weekend, fine. And, and like we said before, that's perfectly acceptable. There are passable substitutes. But it's also not but a you sh- there's no reason, right, it's not a competition, it's not a race. Uh, people talk about the, the expenses and, and the, the high cost of, of some gear. I don't I don't personally see a need for anyone to spend uh, 100 or, or $200 for a Vietnam helmet. If you're, if you're spending that much, you're looking in the wrong places. Or if you can't find an M56 pouch, you're looking in the wrong places. Sure, there are, there are many websites that offer those at full retail for like 50 or 60 bucks for what you could find at a gun show for like 5 or 10 bucks. But it's not a fucking race. No. If you, especially if you have a limited budget, if you're going to be crying about the money, and use your money wisely, hit the Facebook marketplaces, whether it's the the Vietnam Garage Sale or Vietnam Gear Marketplace, or even the the, the straight regular ass uh, uh, Facebook marketplace, and do broad searches. Just just type in army. Just type in military. See what happens. Chances are you will find someone. You may have to drive like a half hour to, and and everyone here has, has seen me share those posts where it's like, oh, here's here's a lot of hunting gear for for twenty five dollars, and you look and it's it's a M fifty six belt, a couple of pouches, and a couple of canteens, probably like a hundred bucks retail for twenty five bucks. Yep. If you're if you're complaining about the money, use your own money wisely and look and and hunt around for bargains. It's out there. You know what's funny, Joe? We, when we first started, we actually, and they're still up on the website. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, but but the other thing is, um, another point was we also have, as individuals, we have loaner kits, oh. and we each have extras. I'd be more than happy to sell you a couple extra suspenders and belts and shit like that. It's it's out there. You just all you have to do is ask. Is oh, dude, no... that, kid on, that kid on the post, I literally offered him an olive branch. I was like, come borrow my stuff. Right, like borrow half of my stuff and come and figure out why we feel this way. Like, come do it. Yeah. Come, come, come get off with me. It's so much fun. <laughs> I'm trying to convert them. I'm trying to make you have more fun. I'm trying to make you have fun. Why don't you want to have fun? Like, yeah. I just don't understand. Yep. Get get a go to a surplus store or or look on eBay. Do do a filtered search from price low to high. A Vietnam helmet shell, just the steel shouldn't be more than twenty bucks plus shipping. Joe, at most. That's, that's the thing, Joe. We have buyers guides. We actually not not only do we have the restrictions, I know you do. we have but buyers guides that are links to those searches. They're literally here's, we here's, and we break it down. We've done the hard work for them. You've done the research for them. It's it's a horse to water, fellas. Here's. Here's the, the interesting thing about that, though, the kind of flip side of the coin for this argument, is that us and Southern Front Events are the only people who have buyer's guides or even just detailed lists of requirements for what yeah. you need for the event. For the, I mean, for the entirety of, you know, re, like reenacting or, or Vietnam Airsoft or, or whatever you want to call it, the last decade before we started doing this, that list and, like, help didn't exist anywhere and if you go ask you you know you're a new new guy and you go and you start asking stupid questions on a forum with a whole bunch of you know experts or whatever you want to call them you get grilled and they're like lol research and some people are just not good at research at all but 
Now, we've filled that gap, and we're the only people who have, like, done that ever, including detailed videos on what you need, showing you what you need. So, there's no more excuses anymore. At all. Yep. Like, especially when you keep sending the links to people, and they keep asking questions, when all of the questions are answered. I mean, it's, it's right also kind of turned into a joke, but, but at a certain point, like you said, people just either don't want to do the research, or or they they claim that they can't do the research, which I, I think is bullshit. Because even even the most basic Osprey book can can at least get you started. It'll show you like uh, U.S. Army equipment from 1945 to 1989 or some shit like that. It'll show you here's the M56 gear. It's it's coloring book drawings, but if if you have eyes, then you can see the difference between that. And Alice gear, and you go, oh, okay. So all all this stuff that I have accumulating in the the bottom of my closet is not correct, huh? How about that? And if that's like a four dollar book, <laughs> yeah. And then and then again, that, that has nothing to do with the uh, incredible amount of well made videos that they put out there showing you all the gear firsthand. And they're a minute. You no excuses. Are mad minute Monday. It's like they're either between a minute and two minutes, all of them. Like, you, you, you have the time to just listen. And all of those videos link to our buyer's guides and link to places that you can get things. It's all interconnected. And it's we, like everybody said, we, we did all the work for you. Just just literally read it. But people don't read it. You send it to them and they, 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 they still don't read it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, Mike, remember, like, Mike, Mike, you see, you see the, uh, the the messages straight to Bay. There was a there was a guy asking questions. I sent him the buyer's guide and the the restrictions uh, list, you know, the standards list. And the next day, so it was twenty four hours since I sent him my list. He asks another question, which was literally one of the first things listed on. The stuff I sent him, so he didn't read it. He just flat out didn't read. It. I honestly think Mike might have said, "Did you even read the guides?" I think Mike answered him was was, was answering him at that point. Yeah, I was. I, I I think I remember that, and I was just like, "Read the thing that I sent you to answer your question." Yeah, like it's not it's not hard. Just read it. Just read it. it. It's the same effort of reading the message I don't want to send you. Yep. Again, it's actually it's lazy. Yeah. All right. So. We're, I would say we're we're beating the dead horse now at this point. Um, yeah, we, we led the horse to water. We can't make a drink, and now we're beating it to death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're mixing metaphors like like fish in, in a finished sandwich here. It's I just sports, yeah. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sick of fork in me. I'm 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 gonna leave like a tree. <laughs> one one thing I want to touch on before we leave this topic that I think that you know we've definitely beaten this a lot over the years it still needs to be said from time to time because you guys come in and they can't figure it out which is fine but i think into the future we should be looking towards those those little reenactorisms or the airsoft tendencies that people bring in to like cut corners or cheat or try and game the system or think that they're playing a game uh, you know like in, in different ways like whether it's using technology or or whatever like we should start focusing on those little ways that people like to be like yeah like i'm, I'm gonna win versus like i'm here to do the thing with everybody yeah that's that's actually a theme that i have in planning uh this year mike we i mean mike and i we talk about this a lot so yeah yeah i don't know i don't know I, it, even even yeah i 
I just want to say, like, to the community for, like, having our back. I really appreciate that. I was surprised. Like, I was I was actually with, uh, I was hanging out with Sully when that was going on. And I'm like, dude, I don't even have to answer. Everyone's just answering all the things I want to say. It was great. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> so, again, thank you, guys. All right, let's move on to Sully's Deuce Maintenance Fund. Just a reminder that the webpage is still up. We're still offering, like, mugs, posters, T-shirts, uh, stickers for when you donate towards uh, repairing the deuce for the summer's events. But, I mean, we've been collecting, like, stuff for the deuce uh, all winter. Like, Sully and I just drove down to West Virginia last weekend to pick up a trailer. So we have that. We have a few trailers, actually, for the, um, the 715, the deuce now, and potentially finding one for... Darius is mutt. So we'll just have trailers and we can bring more shit up there. Uh, Any plans on trying to get a mule? I don't know, man. The prices are too expensive for those. Shit. You know, it's funny. I was pissing off Sully the other day and I was looking at uh, Cushman scooters. He's like, dude, don't buy one of those. I'm like, yeah, I want to drive around the base like a fucking mook on those stupid scooters. (laughs) Just driving around like a fucking idiot. And he's like, nah, don't buy that shit. But maybe, you know, honestly, in the future, yeah. I can see myself buying a mutt, personally. I'm not. Okay, because I feel like, I mean, wouldn't a mule be acceptable for a fire base? I mean, just, yeah. comes, you know, Dude, they're just, so, just, they're like 20 grand, man. Like, they're like, 20 grand. yeah, like 15 grand for a good working one. Minimum. Yeah, last year, I was, looking for, I was looking at a couple, and there was one down in Virginia for 7500 and it was running, and it just needed a paint job and stuff, and I should have pulled the trigger on it, and I didn't. Because I was listening to people, and now I'm, that's, I decided I'm not listening to people anymore. Well, right. how much would it have cost to light. put on a trailer or whatever to, to bring up? Light. Well, that, it would be yeah, it would be nothing. It's because it's, it's so light. Uh-huh. You get a, a lightweight trailer, throw it on there, and it, you're not killing your car dragging it. You know, I, I right. actually while we were on the phone here, a guy called me. I talked to him yesterday, a buddy of mine in Lila. Uh, he's selling a, a an M37, uh, 53, and uh, so I'm thinking of buying that. So that's like the pickup truck. Right. Um, so we might, you know, see how things go. <laughs> how would, now, Jim, would you drive that up to, would you drive that up to Tolcom or would you? Max uh, on it is 55, so it's going to be a long ride. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably trailer it. Just, and, and so it's got low miles, so I, I wouldn't want to put excess mileage on it. Right. That's, and that's where it's there. That would be my concern, is like, I don't have a car that can really pull a mutt or any vehicle, so I don't know if I would make sense for me to, to do it just yet. I'm pretty sure my Ranger could pull it. Like, Probably. It's, it's the, I rely on my friends. <laughs> I know. I mean, I had a truck that got wrecked last year, but I'm looking at a new one. So anyway, hopefully, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to put the car before the horse, but... Right. Uh, but I mean, even this right. year, man, like, think about it. We have four vehicles. Uh, there's two deuces. We have a Mutt, and then we have the 715. So it's, that's a lot of vehicles. It's a lot. It's yeah. cool. It's very cool. Yeah. It's cool to see the whole, to see a platoon loaded up in one of them and going, leaving the base. That's. I, I know, you know. I know. It's going to be cool. We, I think we got to work on the roads this year. I, um, I, I got to talk to Tom more. We're going to go up there and, I think, pitch some of the roads if we can. Uh, on the field just to have it um, a little more uh, built up for you know just road road wise a little built up uh, built up for us so 
luck cool. to figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's talk about Sergeant Martin's military surplus, a.k.a. Saigon yeah. Joe. So Joe Sabia is like our uh, artisan, our sewing artisan. He makes uh, patches and berets and a whole bunch of stuff. Joe, you want to like give us a little uh, rundown of what you're doing? Yes, thank you. I would love to plug my, my Etsy shop, Sergeant Martin Military Surplus. Uh, we're also on, well, I keep saying we. No, it's just me. Uh, Party of One. There's there's a Facebook page, the Instagram, Sergeant Martin. Uh, I don't believe the apostrophe S is in there. But, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a, a bunch of cool one-of-a-kind type things, uh, homemade reproduction toiletry rolls that I think just about everybody on base staff has at this point. Um, I've also got some nice parachute camo berets that look really, really flashy. I'd love to see all the base staff have them for the, uh, for Oregon Trail. They also would look great for any other reenactor that just wants to have a little bit of extra flair. Uh, I'm trying to think what else do I have. There's, oh, uh, there's some, I don't, I don't want to say the, the thing that starts with the B, but, um, I've got some, some brightly colored flamingo and hawaiian themed uh, helmet covers with matching face masks and i got a bunch of other uh, military camo type face masks uh patterns as well so there's a lot of cool stuff on there on the etsy page sergeant martin's military surplus uh, but yeah i'm making i'm making bay logo patches like in country style really rough looking the, the skull and and broken arrow looking things uh, I'd like to try and get better at doing name tapes, but they're quite honestly a pain in the ass and, and also a literal pain in the neck because I'm hunched over the, the sewing machine trying to look at what I'm doing. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I woke up stiff the next day, like my back was all fucked up and my neck was crooked. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I need a different machine or maybe I'll just get a different um, a career path on that. But I like to, I would like to get better at it before I get to sell a lobster pay the chiropractor bill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go broke. You know, fifteen bucks at a time or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, what about um repairs on like lightweights and stuff like that? Oh yes, yes. Most importantly, thank you. That the whole reason why we're talking today is I do a lot of restoration work on a lot of rucks. I think the uh, the couple months leading up to. Um, Cochise Green, I must have repaired, no joke, about 10 ruck bags and made about 15 sets of, of different cargo straps and kidney pads and, and that sort of thing. So if you have a, a, a moment or two in the next, what do we got, like six months, seven months before uh, the summer season kicks off, take a look at your, your ruck. Take a look at the, the load-bearing straps, especially at the top behind of the flap where the, uh, the the vertical straps go onto the frame, that is the number one breakage point. What I do is I will fix it, I will go over and retrace the diamond stitch, and I'll even add an extra bar tack on top of it just to make it last that much longer. Um, any kind of holes or rips or structural damage I can fix, cosmetic stuff I can fix, or at least make it look like a field repair. Um, yeah, I, I could also even I'd hate to do it, but maybe I'll just, uh, rather than have you guys ship your frames to me, I'll, maybe I'll try and remember to bring the, the pop rivet gun. That way, if your frame has a couple of loose rivets, I've got the matching equipment. It'll, it'll look just like it was, it was made yesterday. So any kind of rock repair, restoration, 
I also do the the two quart canteen covers. I convert the flap, the Alice, to make it look a little bit more um, of like a scalloped edge, make it look more more Vietnam appropriate. So little things, large things, uh, camo things, flamingo things, beret things, bay things. At Sergeant Martin's military surplus on Instagram. And Joe, you'll be at the uh, expo with us for the Bay, right? So, like, Peter... I will be at the expo. I will have uh, some of those things mentioned uh, for sale. If you want, I would I would love it if you give me a shout beforehand. Reach out to me online if you wanted to uh, reserve an item or something like that. That would be that would be beneficial for me. That way, I know how many certain items to bring and that way i'm not lugging everything including the kitchen sink to to not sell it if you want the kitchen sink i'll bring a kitchen sink but you gotta let me know before any kind of pre-sale you don't even have to pay for it in advance but just let me know that you're looking for x y and z and i'll dig it out joe did a call joe did a rucksack for me just a couple weeks ago actually and uh service for me it was turnaround was quick it was within a week it was turned around not not telling him his schedule was free but you know it was he doesn't waste time. You're not sitting waiting for for months, and when you get it back, it's 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 beautiful. It's a nice, very nice work. Thank and you, Jim. Done some work on 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 some personal uh, uniform stuff for me and things like that, and uh, can't can't recommend them enough. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, like he's not just some like guy who knows how to sew. He actually cares about the yeah. authenticity and keeping it period correct. So you know it's going to be in good hands if you need to get a repair done by him. He knows what it's supposed to look like. And yes. It makes it look like yes. Yeah, Jim. Jim can attest. I when I was making the name tapes, I sent him. I don't know, maybe a half dozen pictures. I said, "Well, here's an update. It looks like ass. You're not. You're not gonna get these. These are going in the trash. I'm still working on it. Don't give up on me yet. I'm not satisfied. Like if I'm not gonna uh, be satisfied wearing it on my jacket, you're not gonna be allowed to wear it on yours. I will. I will literally rip it off your shirt if I see you wear that. So I'm putting it in the trash for you. But yeah, it's 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 nice to to work on stuff and uh, and have it go to a good home and and uh, to, to people that can appreciate the authenticity and, and that sort of thing. So I'm glad you like it, Jim. We're very very happy. Now I got to work on Napoli's before he he starts messaging <laughs> me within 20 minutes of the podcast airing. I never mentioned name tape. You're the one to mention name tape, so yes. I sure did. That's not on me. <laughs> no, we we already discussed it. He and I. It, it's it's a possibility. I might, I might charge by the letter. I don't know. <laughs> how many letters? How many letters in scooter? Yeah. Too many. <laughs> yeah, it's the only one you can wear, scooter. Yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, if you guys need to um, drop stuff off, you don't want to ship uh, rocks and stuff like that. You can probably find one of the base staff. We see Joe. Like we see, we see Sabi enough where we can probably just. You know, give it to him and get it to him. If you see like mm-hmm. me or Mike before you end up seeing Joe, instead of shipping it, you can always do that. We'll be your middleman. Um, yeah, it, I think it's. I think the best thing to do though is if you need a repair and stuff like that, like get it as early as possible. If you know you have that that need. Yeah, get it. Get it to me now. Um, the, the turnaround depends on what my my current schedule is, but I hate having. 
a, a, a large pile on my workbench. So as soon as I get it, I will, I'll open it up. I'll analyze what needs to be done. Um, and, and if you tell me that, that your ruck needs X, Y, and Z done, I'm going to look over the entire thing. I'm going to give it a complete workup, uh, to the nth degree. I turn it inside out and backwards. I know where the, the common fault uh, places are and I'll either preemptively resew them or add an extra stitch or, or there might be something that you didn't even, even look at. So I, I would hate to send something back to you and then have that, that one well-known area or to fail and then you send it back to me. So it, it's, it's going to become as good as new, uh, should last many, many, many years of, of service in the, in the hobby just to, just to bring it back to life and keep it living because there, there are reproductions out there. I don't know if anybody has, has put their hands on it, but um, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they look like, the, the lightweight, that is, the, the lightweight ruck bags. Um, they, they seem really nice. The, the lightweight tropical reproductions are not great. I don't want to trash somebody else's product. But, Fuji um, has one, yeah. I, 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 just, I just got uh, a couple of messages from, from a, a long-time buyer from the Etsy page asking me to convert his his tropical reproduction uh, to swap out some some straps because they were loosening up and and I took about four seconds and I looked at it it's like it's not the straps it's the fucking buckles they're using Rothko buckles which are too big and too wide and the straps are slipping out because the the uh, the spacing is too great there are some subpar items out there and uh, if, if we can bring an original back to life, even if you think it's absolutely trashed, I'd be more than happy to, to take on the challenge. I've replaced pockets from from one bag that, that's like a donor bag that I have to another. Made that I've even fabricated pockets from complete scratch with, with correct webbing and nylon and buckles and snaps and everything like that. So uh, I'm always up for a challenge, but just to keep things alive in the hobby, for a little bit longer or bring them back to life that's that's my goal i i personally want to trash that thing because it looks like lc2 here and i would i would rather you come with a medium lc1 alice pad than with that tropical reproduction because or if you just, can get if you can get your hands on one of my older uh i stopped doing them for for a minute there because of covid and everything else like that um but if you if you have a lead on brand new LC one or the uh, the Alice the medium Alice bags. I'm talking like if you can get a, a newer one uh, from the the early 80s or, or late 70s. The important thing is that it has to be new. Once it gets used, once it gets faded, once the stitching shrinks, you're gonna get wear marks and and ghosting and stuff like that. But I can convert those two to something passable to an uh, an alice rock uh, to, i'm sorry to a lightweight rock and and it will mount the same way on the lightweight frame but those those tropical things are just bad they're the the, the nylon is all it's good's cordura nylon it's it's like duffel bag material it's not the lightweight material that it should be so and the the, the buckles are all wrong the wrong sizes the, they're not three quarter they're one inch it's like, why would you make a bag completely from scratch and still use the wrong size buckles on the pockets? At least when, when I do the, the Alice lightweight conversions, I'm keeping the one-inch buckles on there because they're already on there. 
it's already there. It's it's a cheap thing. It's it's a passable thing. It's not an authentically museum grade quality thing. It's just a, a, a time saving step. And also those three quarter inch buckles are kind of expensive if you're going to replace them. Uh, so that that's my two cents. But yeah, Mike, if if someone shows up with LC one gear over the really really bad reproduction stuff, yeah, that's it, it's a it's a sad time to live in. It look it looks like LC two gear. It's super dark green. The straps are the wrong color. The just just everything about it just screams bad reproduction. Unfortunately, it's the only one out there. So. I, I will know, say yeah. this. I, I have yet to put hands on it, but um, in communicating with this, this one client just now, I asked him, like, well, yeah, it's it's a bad reproduction, but how's the frame? Because I think the, the, the rush is about 100 bucks plus shipping or something like that, and I'd say about 25% of the tropical rucks that I've, I've owned and come across are missing the frames. And I've, I've paid for a reproduction frame, and it was it was bad. The metal was way too thick. I, I fought it for far too long to get into the rock. But if someone's really hurting for a, a replacement frame for a tropical, the X frame, maybe that might be that might be the silver lining of, of getting the reproduction tropical. Rock. You know, you know who could actually probably make a, a good frame, CJ. I bet he could. I wish he was on right now. I would ask him. He um, he could. He's fixed. He's fixed. Um, my Arvin frame, which is almost the same thing. Yeah, it's just scaled down. Yeah. But, yeah, if he, if he can fix those, you know, or or, uh, or fabricate better ones, that would that would be an avenue worth pursuing. Yeah. We should, we should honestly just look into fabricating and, and making our own lightweight reproductions. For the frame. Break. For everything. Well, <laughs> the the, um, the 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 bags are going to be extremely expensive to make. The I, I forget who it is, so I'm not going to mention the, the company because I don't want to give someone the wrong publicity. But the the people that are making the really nice lightweight ruck bags are making them in a place where they can afford to charge uh, the rest of the the marketable community. Uh, a, a fair amount. I was I was shocked by how little they were charging when they when they first released them, because I, I know I, I know the amount of time it takes to convert an Alice pack into a lightweight pack, and and if I were to charge at a full you know made in USA labor kind of kind of fee, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to buy one from me from scratch. Yeah. Fair. Well, you know what though? I think now that Vietnam is starting to get popular and things are starting to become scarce, like the World War II, you're probably going to see better repros of stuff. Like you already kind of saw like M56 repro stuff, which I think is still too early. I think there's plenty of M56 gear out there, but the repros aren't the worst already. They're not that bad. Yeah, no, they're not that bad, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the whole repro versus original debate, but the fact that they're making pretty decent reproductions now is is kind of a good sign yeah Uh, again it comes down to the dollars and cents of what you are prepared physically and emotionally to do to original gear for some production gear that that's a that's a whole different thing that's up to the individual but the fact that they're making it passable now is is a good sign that down the road 10 or even at this rate maybe 
three or four years in the future that there'll there'll be more um, collectible pieces to, to uh, that are worth preserving. It's it's not it's not going to have everything dry up. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. So next topic are our two Vietnam events this summer. We have the Battle of Duck Lap, which we just confirmed is going to be July 10th to the 11th, 2021 at Tolcom, Massachusetts. Tickets are currently $50 until the end of February, then they're going up. Um, Mike's talked about this. Uh, well, uh, Mike's talked about this event, but I, was, I, met, I actually met Mike Ferrucci. Ferrucci's talked about this event. It's personally my favorite series. It's our Mike Force series. It's a whole bunch of guys and tigers against a small... Pavin, Force, and we're just playing cat and mouse. Both sides are hiding and, and creeping in the woods for a whole 24 hours. It's it's really a good time. Uh, I really wish that the event would grow, but I kind of like that it's a smaller event in the sense that it, it gives us room to actually creep around and, and hide and actually use some different tactics that were you that were you know implemented during the Vietnam War. I don't know what anybody got anything to say about it. Um, I, I'm assuming that the numbers are going to be the same like they were last year. So far, numbers are uh, numbers are decent. We do need more people. I'll be honest. We we need more people to sign up. It's early though. It's still like what four, five months away. Right. So, because I mean, obviously, like we've talked about before, you know, it's it's an excellent event. I mean, it's a very small, you know setting so it's not like you know because everyone knows each other you know as you said it's almost like the all-star game and you have you know people who just know each other that well and know that there's going to be less you know conflict per se you know you know what i know who i'm going against you know i mean like last year we went against four hardcore dudes who knew their shit and they really gave us a run for our money yeah and uh you know i'm always looking towards that i mean i know the year before that at you know at Dax Yang, it was it was a little more different, you know. I, I think we were a little more aggressive on Dax Yang, whereas Comduck, we were we were more on the defense, which was it was a nice change of pace and everything. So, I mean, I know you're, you know, I'm sure you're setting up something where it's going to be different this year and really throw us off. Um, so I'm looking towards that. I, I like cause it's a very quiet event as well when it's not, you know, obviously the the firefights are intense. But I do like the fact that you spent basically half the day, you know, trudging through, through the mountains of Talcum, and like I said, it makes you feel isol- more isolated than you already are. You don't feel like, all right, I, you know, maybe half a mile away is, you know, the main base camp where we park their vehicles. Like, I, you know, for me, I immerse myself. Well, I'm probably, you know, a couple of miles away from any form of civilization, which is technically true either way, but. You know, just have that isolated feeling, like you know, no one can really help you. And uh, I know I kind of play with that in my mind. Like if shit hit the fan, you can't really call in helicopter support because you're in thick, you know, thick jungle. So um, it's for me, it's it's definitely a very immersive feeling, and especially when you have to be quiet and really pay attention to your surroundings, really adds to the tension, which which I what I, what I definitely enjoy. I get the creeping in, man. Oh yeah, sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so could while we're while we're on the subject, could someone explain to me? I mean, to the uh, to the listeners out there, uh, pretending that we don't know anything about this uh, 
this 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 event this scenario like how how much is it going to be base camp how much is it going to be humping through the bush and, and sleeping in a hole or not even digging hole like what can can someone give a, a, a quick rundown of what to expect good question physically and emotionally yeah good question uh you're you're basically living out of your ruck for 24 hours so there's no base camp we set up one talk for my dad you know one tent which serves as the talk for my dad to sit there and yell at us over the radio and the both sides are just living out of their rucksacks for 24 hours. So you're you're um, there are a few times where we actually got con- you know we got hit by um, uh, NVA ambush and we had to fight with our rucks on and you know ditch our rucks and fight. I know last year the Pavin they were pursuing us with rucks. They actually ditched their rucks to chase us faster. So after that fight, they had to go back down and get recover their rocks and 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 hump back out. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you're it's it's as all these guys who want that lerp experience. This is as close as what we're going to offer right now. Is which, is this which event. honestly most of us should have done as well. We all should have probably ditched rocks during that fight. Realistically, that's what would have happened. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we already except the radio man. So, yeah. So what? What? Um, just because I don't think I signed up for it, and talking about it kind of makes you want to sign up for it. So all you listeners out there, all all you first termers, listen carefully here. This is how you do it. You you hear about an event, you ask questions, you like the answers, you sign up. So Liam, when when can I sign up before the uh, the the price goes up? You said in February. Yeah, February twenty eighth. It actually originally okay. it originally was supposed to be only for like three days, and I left it uh, with the price really low. Like I'm talking about, this is like twenty five dollars lower than the final price. So like, if you want to save twenty five bucks on an overnight event, that's that's a lot of money. Um, I mean, fifty dollars yeah. for an overnight event is is crazy. I mean, people are charging fifty dollars for like. A bullshit green versus tan event for one day, you know, six hour event, and we're doing yeah. uh, over twenty four hours um, for fifty bucks right now. So obviously, it's if you're if you're gonna go, like sign up, register now. Yeah. Like I'm well, willing. Yeah, no, I, I plan to do that. I plan to do that at the end of this uh, podcast, and I strongly urge anybody listening once it airs to uh, probably not even wait until the end of the podcast. Go ahead and open up a you know another web browser. Well, open if you, up another window on the on the internet. Yeah, I mean, think about it, Joe. Yeah. If you're listening on the Bay, if you're listening on the Bay website, you can just hit the tab to the events tab, and it'll be listed there. Battle of Duck Lap. So it'll be it'll be standard gear plus rock plus um, overnight gear. Yes. Yep. Which is which is essentially going to be poncho and poncho liner. Yeah. So like food, water, and wet weather, warm weather gear, and you for know, the U.S., uh, you said tigers. Tigers, yeah. So you're, so we're gonna be a uh, Mike Force, uh, like an element of like I, I, now I'm trying to remember my research. Twelfth uh, Mobile Strike Force, um, was be an element from there. Like that, we're the the Mike Force are tasked with like recovering outposts around Duck Lap. Uh, so I'm trying something different this year where I'm allowing guys who don't have tigers or a Mike Force impression. To come with their 173rd, they'll just be portraying the fourth uh, battalion of the 173rd because the they were actually um, added to a task force sent 
to help relieve the forces engaged at Duck Lap. Or, yeah, or like a, a um, what do you call it, a fire support team, that kind of thing. Yes. So, like, if you, if you, if you have just a regular grunt infantry impression and you want to come, you, you're more than welcome to with your grunt, uh, you know, your grunt impression, like your 173rd. So, if you, like, you have a, uh, a kit for Oregon Trail or the, you know, the big August event, you're good to come for this event as well. I think it's also worth mentioning, and I know Kyle's going to love this if he's listening. Uh, sterile fatigues are always acceptable. Yes. When 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 we say one seventy third impression, the the one seventy third patch should not be the first and foremost thing in your mind. No. Don't no. run out and put that patch on your sleeve if it's going to be this this type of event. It's not necessary for field uniforms ever for for one seventy third in. Uh, Oregon Trail and, and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, Joe, like, I mean, that's a good point because you technically can come as a Mike Force uh, member by just wearing sterile fatigues. They were issued green fatigues just like everyone else as well. Yep. So you it, can it's, see it's, it's, it's akin to the, the World War II hobby where, uh, you know, if, if, you got, if you got a set of wools, you're good for anything. Yep. yep. Do you got a sterile fatigue jacket? You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, like if you come with the, I just you know what it is. I kind of, I don't want guys ripping off patches and having to resell them back on. So if you have the one seventy third patch on there, on your green top, and you want to come to this event, like you're more than welcome to. You'll be part of the one seventy third element. But if it's if it's sterile and you're you're fine with being uh, Mike Force, that's cool too. You know, so I'm just trying to give options and make it flexible for people to show up. Within the confines of what suitable you... substitution. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're not that big of dicks, are we? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about that event. It's a good event too because, like, what what I like about it in terms of planning for Oregon Trail this year is it's literally a month before the event. We get to go to Tolcom. We get to look at things and maybe any last minute ideas or issues that may come up. That we can fix before the big event, so it's like kind of like a reconnaissance as producers and as playing for that event. So, and um, I don't know about you guys, but just between like the weather and showing up early last year, and just I caught I caught a real vibe from that event last year, and it got me even more hyped for uh, uh, MacArthur or. Coaches. Coaches. Jesus. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's, it was, there was a real vibe out uh, last year for the Special Forces event, which was a lot of fun. So, um, then we just kept on singing on. the Ballad of the Green Berets the entire weekend. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the Biltmore Report. Yes. From Caddyshack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, so the next event that we're going to talk about is Oregon Trail. Once again, surprise, surprise, almost every podcast we have, we talk about this event. But if if I did my math correctly, it's six months away at the as of the week of this podcast release. So ticket prices are going up at the end of February, so February 28th, prices are going up. Um, we're doing stuff for this event 
literally every day. We are talking about it every day. Imagine the base staff are a group of friends, and the main subject we have to talk about is Oregon Trail, and that's basically what what like is going into this event. It's, I think it's going to be our biggest event yet. And if you guys have been to our other events, um, it's just growing. And every year, I think like even from from Junction City to MacArthur grew. Definitely from uh, MacArthur to Cochise it grew. And now I, I'm pretty sure this event's going to be even bigger. We have more tents planned to come. Obviously, we just talked about vehicles earlier. People, I mean, the registrations already are, are insane. It's 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 close to being bigger than Junction City was. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm excited for it. I, I Like I said, I, like my wife, thank God she's pretty patient. She hears me talking about Oregon Trail either with her or with all my friends on the phone. She's probably listening to this stupid podcast right now and thinking we're a bunch of idiots. But um, I mean, it, it's it's almost like our it's our life. It's what we do. It's what we do every day. We More. do damn shit every day. Yep, every day, man. I know. It, I know. What I mean. What do you guys have to say about it? Like, I mean, so Joe, like, this is your first time on the podcast. So, like, how are your feelings towards going to Cochise for the first time, doing the Vietnam airsoft stuff? to now being in the planning group for Oregon Trail. Well, I, I remember uh, it was it was the, the last day of Cochise, and we're all packing out the tents Sunday afternoon, and uh, Liam, you, you approached me, and he said, well, how do you feel about being on the planning committee? And I said, yeah, well, when does it, you know, let me know when it starts. He goes, no, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to start the group tonight, like, as soon as I get back. And he's like, oh, shit, you really do plan for a whole fucking year. Yeah. That, that blew my mind, because it, it's, I guess it it, uh, it shouldn't surprise me, but it did. And uh, I'm looking forward to going back and, and hanging out with you guys again, and and uh, hopefully selling some more stuff, and, and meeting new people, and making new friends. It, it's, it was it was really cool. Like, there's, there's, there's a bond between uh, everybody, you know, on the phone right now and, and a lot of other people. And uh, it's, it's cool, too, because it, it opened a, a whole new world. But it, it uh, you know, it's, it's cool. There's, there's this whole other life out there uh, in Airsoft that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, Whereas you, it's can not, you speak it's, to that perspective? Like coming from a pretty hardcore reenactor background to you know what most of the reenactment community means yeah it's, whether or not you whether or not you think that you're a, a campaigner in the in the blank fire world or reenacting world or if you if you're just a weekend warrior and you have a really nice kit or if you think you're a, a stitch counter well, whatever it is you think you are and whatever it is you think airsoft is I invite you to go and look at some of the, the videos and photos of, of the Broken Arrow events because it it's not just airsoft. It's like we said before, it's it's hardcore reenacting, it's campaigning, and the tools that we use just happen to be airsoft. There's there's no other differences. It, it's not the uh, call your hits. It's not the, the the pickup game. It's not like a weekend or or even a couple hours at paintball. It's it's still an immersive action in the in the hobby in the community and it's it coming from the blank fire world into my first time at any airsoft event being last year's coaching screen 
it was it was cool. Like I felt right at home. It's like it's all the same shit. The only thing that I had to purchase were the uh, the, the rifle, BBs, batteries, and a shit ton of magazines. And and what I thought was a lot of magazines was was not nearly enough. So I ended up buying a, a couple more in the, the past couple months. But that's that's basically it. If if you are a decent reenactor, we welcome you to come and pick up an airsoft rifle. Uh, they're not expensive. The I think we we already did one last episode on on what to get, but the SEMAs, the uh, the AEs, and, and that kind of thing, uh, those those are great for the money. Yeah, come out and join us. They're they're cheaper than blanks. They're um, they're a little bit different. You kind of get used to the the BBs real quick, and you don't have to worry about emptying a, a couple mags of blanks into the bushes. You will know when you get hit. And you will know when you hit the other person. <laughs> so in that in that respect, it's it's more authentic than than just going pew pew pew. <laughs> well, so even Jim said the first time he was like, yeah, like he's like you get a lot of guys who just sitting there shooting blanks, um, and you don't know who got hit. I mean, like Mike, you remember at um at one event, we we were creeping up on a guy and he sees us and he's literally his gun is pointing the other way and he just shoots all of his rounds. By the time he was pointing at us, he was he was out of ammo, and he's sitting there saying he got us. We're like, you weren't even looking at us, dude. It was, it was like he was just making the noise and turning as as he as he was trying to face us. Yeah, uh, hot take: blanks are stupid. I think I think it's it's great if you all want to like, you know, stand in a field together and shoot them off and be like, woo, we're we're, we're awesome. But in terms of like doing a, a you know what green actors call a tactical um it's it's just it's useless it's useless entertainment for me it's just a distraction and I, I don't know i don't like it personally um i get the appeal of it i totally do we all like guns but uh, if you're trying to do an event where people are shooting at each other you might as well shoot something at each other i will i will say this though um I, I feel Mike might be in the, the minority right now. Um, I'm not going to say that. And, and, and you're, you're entitled to your opinion, and, and you, you stated it very clearly. Uh, I, I'm not saying I'm never going back to blank fight or that one is better than the other. I'm just, I'm just saying that this style of reenacting with airsoft rifles is just as good as any other blank fire type of event. So the, thing I, the thing I get out of it is that it's not the fun. I can go through a whole event without firing around and have a great time. Oh, absolutely. It's the experience, and that's what it comes back to. Like Joe Napoli said, it's the experience. It's an experience. And, you know, I've been at tacticals, you know, blank fire tacticals where I've had, you know, a great time and never fired a shot. You know, so it's, it's about where you are, with who you are, with who you are, where you are, and who, 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 who with you with. Whom, guys, with who or who? Who? Whom? Whom? <laughs>
may well, I just add that Skype is the stupidest compression in a blank fire event you could ever have. Thank you, Jay. You're welcome. Or, but, but not even just that. Or if somebody just opens up from the woods, like one dude with an AK or something, and the entire platoon goes down, it's like... Uh, it's a great shot. So taking like, the hits. concealment and yeah yeah mm-hmm. well that's when you learn the difference between cover and concealment yeah <laughs> that's where i was going with it thank you <laughs> yeah which some people still don't understand i i still had to scream at my platoon to get behind a tree like <laughs> behind something please <laughs> oh my god I, th- I threatened them i said next year we're just going to start using simunition there you go that way you, you figure it out <laughs> they hit your attention big time yeah. yeah, I used to, I used to do stuff with that, man. It's, oof. You ain't even know it. You're going to get low now, huh? Yeah. Like, you're yeah. going to find something now, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like I said, so yeah, there's, listen, there's pros and cons with everything. And, yeah. Uh, I think that, that I think what what I like about the, the, the Nomsoft stuff, well, I should be specific, Bay Nomsoft stuff, is, is that it's like a, almost the perfect balance between the two you know it's, yeah i i think what's well, like, you know yeah I'm, I'm interested from both of you jim and joe uh, like how it's compared how like the base life and just lifestyle and immersion has compared to um let, let's just say some of the the top and bottom events that you've been to oh for me i, I mean I, I think i've been doing this for a while um some of the events i've done are, are pretty uh, to use a term I don't like, hardcore or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, being, just being out in the, in, in, in the woods with the, this, this stuff on your back for a week and, you know, you, it's a tactical, you know. Um, uh, the we, We've taken vehicles on, on 50 kilometer, basically a road battle um, in Michaud State Forest out in PA. And the GIs would have their column, Germans would have their column, and basically, you need reconnaissance to go out and find the other side. But you, you're driving. You take, you're taking, you know, 10, 12 vehicles per column, you know, and moving them like a, a real military, in a in military fashion. It's, you know, and, you know, uh, whacking at night, putting out OPs. It's, you know, sending out patrols. It's, it's, you know, so that's to me, that's been pretty cool, hard, hardcore. The the Nomsoft, my my experience at Cochise, I like the I like the admin stuff. I like the radio stuff. I love radio stuff. And to me, that having that talk set up and and listening to what you know the, the progression of the of the the platoon or the, the, the progression of a battle, even uh, the calling in artillery, and, and to me that was I was done. I was I was good to go as soon as you know when that happened. And I, I just I the, also you got the the fact where sometimes you you you, you meet up with a group and. You know, you've never reenacted with them before, and you always in the back of your mind like, "What's this going to be like?" Yeah. And within, <laughs> say, within half an hour of being up with uh, coaches, I was like, "This is going to be a great time." I, 
Nice. Yeah, there's there's that immediate vibe that, that yeah. I think we both felt at the same and, and and knowing you, Jim, I think we looked at each other at one point. We're like, yeah, no, this is gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, this, this would be fine. Yeah, <laughs> everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, no, this this, this is yeah. this would be nice right here. Because yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if because I mean you just mentioned going on like massive vehicle runs and setting out LP, uh everything, but I think for me in in my mind, uh, at least for like the reenactments or living history things or just you know like museum stuff that I've been to before, the thing that's always set us apart was the amount of like rocking, humping, organization, and like the the level of physical shit that we go through on really difficult terrain like that that east yeah. side is, is hardcore so that's that's always for me i, I don't know if uh, you know you guys have done stuff like that elsewhere but that's always kind of what has set us apart it's like we're really really doing it oh yeah yeah i, I the my, the one event that stands out in my head where it was physically hard where, where i said I was out with a group of five guys on a, we were doing French and Indian War, uh, up, up north of the, uh, the north end of Lake George, uh, in the area around Rogers Rock. Uh, it was an old French patrol trail, and we, we decided we had permission before the big Ticonderoga event, which was every year in June, I think it was. We got permission to go out there for a week and do what we wanted to do. So we wanted to do a patrol on the same patrol route the French used at a, at a Ticonderoga, which was carrying at the time. Anyway, four of us went out there, five of us went out there, and we spent a week living out of our packs, you know, <laughs> trying to find water. And then we had to make a concession because we needed to bring a filter with us to make water because you're not drinking out of water. But uh, we ran into people hiking that actually saw us and, and they went, they, they saw us later on at the event. You know, like, we saw you guys in the woods. You guys, you guys are scary. And when we came back in, the guy who arranged the, the, uh, the, the landowner's permission, this guy, Bob Barra was a, uh, Vietnam vet. He was a ranger, hardcore guy. And we came walking in, uh, from this patrol and he looked, he goes, you guys are it. He goes, you guys look like you've been there. And it was, it was, it was brutal. And, and, Afterwards, at the, at, between the five of us, we all we were talking. We we're like, you know what? If any one of us said, "That's it, I want to go home," <laughs> at any point after like the first day or so, everybody would have said, "Yeah, okay," <laughs> but yeah. nobody would give up. <laughs> nobody would. Nobody would say, "I'm not going to be that guy." We were eaten alive by mosquitoes. We were just, you know, walking straight up, and it was, it was an experience, you know. And uh, that, that's that's what I that's what I like. I like the experience. Um, yeah, I think I think some events are just missing that physicality of it. Yes. Yeah, you, you walk from your car to a tent. You go out, you you know, out, you get a ride out someplace. You, you shoot them up, you get a ride back, and pop open a beer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. So it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, you know, so I, and actually I got, I'm doing another one of those F&I things in this, this summer with a bunch of buddies that uh, we haven't seen each other in a while. So anyway, we're going to book. We're paddling up Lake George, so nice. Yeah. Anybody wants to come along? <laughs> I can do that. Anybody <laughs> wants to come along? Start talking. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that. But um, so anyway, yeah. So it's about the experience, I think. And so as far as the, the reenacting and all that, yeah, I've done some hardcore reenacting stuff that you know, physically exerting stuff. And to me, it gives you a whole new appreciation of what of what the people that actually did it. You know, whether it be 
fight for Indian War, World War One, World War Two, you know, Vietnam. You know, it gives you a whole new appreciation. Without the death, you know, you're not getting dysentery, you're not getting trench foot, you know, you know, people shooting at you. You're not you picking know, leech, but, leeches off your nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or yeah, right, your pee hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Like, I think a lot of new guys, or even just people who have like airsoft ingrained in their head, is airsoft. Like the airsoft in in our events is literally like maybe ten percent of the whole experience. Like right. you're, you know, they're all these guys are worrying about like souping up their fucking gun and shit. It's like. I don't know, man. Like it's ten percent of it. Like you, you can go through the whole day without firing one BB. Exactly. Think about how many patrols went out there and didn't engage anybody. I know. Like we've had guys complain. You didn't fire a shot in anger. Yeah, we had we had a guy complain about that, and I was like, um, I don't. I'm like, dude, that's that's the the event, man. That's the experience. I don't know what to tell you. Like I'm not gonna change You're gonna it. You're gonna get that at, at almost any event too. I, it, think about I don't know, however many I'm sure Jim has been to Battle of the Bulge, the, the Fort Indian oh, yeah. Gap type of thing. But it, it seemed, with the exception of maybe one or two years out of the the ten plus years that I went to that event, uh, it seemed that the majority of the time you'd hear a shit ton of blanks get popped off, maybe half mile away, and you're just you're staring out into a open field. And there's nothing going on, but it's the experience. I think the last one, um, the, the the fateful, the last gap one, was probably my favorite because we were in the middle of the woods. We had we had kind of found some previously dug foxholes, and it was just a, a squad of my closest friends in the hobby, and we're cracking open sea rations and just shooting the shit for about four or five hours. Right. Just doing nothing. It was freezing cold, but we were commiserating together, and and that was probably my my most favorite event there. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, again, it's all about who you're with and where you are, and and everybody being in the same mindset. And yep. I at, at 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 Bay events, I get that vibe. And again, I wasn't out in the field, you guys. I was in the talk, but even in the talk, you know, there were moments where you know I got that vibe, and I was like, this is you know, this is it. This is cool. Right, I'm, and, I'm on I'm on your page, Jim. Hearing stuff over the radio, that's why I love doing radio man stuff. It's just that that might be the most immersive thing about any event for me is hearing things like that go on over the radio. It's just it just it, like it's wild. It's just it, wild. It, it's as close to, and listen, you you listen to the real you know, sit reps and Okay, I may be fake on the other side, but you know what? There's a words being put over the radio are the same words that were put over the radio back then. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's a really weird. cool feeling. Yeah. And I remember my early events um, when I was, like, on base at, like, you know, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and there's still people out there calling over the radio. Or this one time when there was, like, a, you know, quote-unquote nerf team out. And they've been out, like, since six o'clock in the morning and it's like four in the afternoon and i was like wow it's really impressive i was a young kid at the time i, I hadn't done any of that and uh they just called them over the radio and they were like radio check radio check for like 10 minutes or so and then finally they just came in over the radio like like this is this is whatever team would go and i was like holy shit like they're out there like it's like dude it's wild like it's, it's, it's so much fun it is it's so it's so cool like I said, right. I thought the last podcast I, I mentioned that, that I was on radio, watched in the middle of the night, and hadn't heard from anybody in a while. 
put out a radio check and you know i think when shoulders came back you know five by five and really low tone like that was fucking cool that's just to me <laughs> I just want to talk real quick about the, the other aspect, the camp life, um, which I thought was was equally as impressive as, as the uh, the Rons and the Overnights. The the atmosphere of everybody, both before we went out on the first patrol and after we came back from the first overnight, was was just everybody kind of like this, this quiet nervousness where people are loading mags and, and they're talking about this, that, the other thing, and I'm, I'm snapping pictures left and right. And, uh, and Fred's like, are you, you know, I, I'm glad that you're taking pictures of the, of the camp, but you know, if, are you going to take pictures when we go out on patrol? I was like, fuck yeah. Like, this is, this is, this is where I get the cool shots. I want to get the action shots too. Like I, I, I love getting, um, the, the, the base life photos, everybody like reloading mags and, and going through unpacking their, their wet socks and that kind of shit. That's really, really, really cool to me to capture those moments on the period cameras, the same where the guys wearing the same stuff that would have happened 50 years ago, and but to also do a little bit of uh, combat photographer type type stuff on patrol, capturing when when the shit hit the fan in the ville, and and people digging holes and, and that kind of stuff, that that to me is equally as cool as the, the tactical quote unquote portion of the event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. It's, it's awesome. Like I said, I think it's the best. For me, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, and and it was also cool to see people uh, treated seriously for several days on end. It's not like a lot of events where where I think we already mentioned. You know, it's it's like okay, well we've been we've been at it for like four hours or whatever. Let's crack open some beers and, right. and start blasting uh, the, the, the modern songs and yeah. stuff like that. And, yeah. Right. Go. Let's go to the supermarket. Let's go get some some yeah. more. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's go get some McDonald's or whatever the hell. Yeah. 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 We. I mean, we try to ingrain that. Like, that's not a thing. Early on, you know. Yeah. So I think it's not even like a thought in people's minds. Like, I think they they really do like arrive and they just like immerse themselves in the experience, man, and just ride it out. You're not gonna have a domino to live it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although they've tried. They did try. Yeah, yeah, literally that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean. We, last year. Yeah. They tried. They tried. But, uh, no, um, so the, the event takes place August. The official day, like days, are August 12th to the 15th. We're opening it up to the 11th, which is the Wednesday of that week. I think a lot of us are planning to be up there Monday, Tuesday this year. Um, same. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's the same site that we've been doing the last uh, three. So this is for our fourth year at Tolcom, Massachusetts. Um, tickets are still like I think they're still seventy five for you know just regular ticket, and then like eighty five for like a t shirt or whatever. Um, you're getting three to four days of immersive, one year in the planning, and I mean, it's more than one year. Like I'm already planning. For, like I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm brainstorming in my head what's going to happen for 2022. So like I mean, so it, it's over. It's all like planned ahead. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, if you want something that that you can tell these losers have worked on and spent their entire free time on all year, like this is an event that you want to check out. So, 
So with that said, uh, let's. I want to thank a few of the people that did help us out throughout all the years of you know running events and and you know just connections we've made. So like, first off, I want to thank Tom O'Rourke from Emsado. He's one who's like set us up with Tolcom and he he's given me some insight about running events and stuff like that. He's actually part of the group that got the 715 and that's going to be available to to us for use at Oregon Trail. Another field that we use a lot is Zulu 24. So I want to give a thanks to Dave for letting us run the Steel Cog there. We've run a few World War II events there. So, you know, really appreciate that. Um, then we, you know, we've made a few new contacts last year and they're friends of ours now is the Museum of American Armor, the old Bethpage Village Restoration, and then the Long Island Living History Association. Those three entities have really expanded our capabilities in terms of running events and just, you know, immersive things that we're adding to the future events that we do. Um, obviously the, the Museum of American Armor and the old Bethpage Village Restoration are the site for the fit training this year which we'll talk about we'll talk in depth about uh next episode so joe and jim you guys are more than welcome to come back for next episode we'll talk about fit training a lot more um i want to thank the clark family who owns the the field of tolcom it's a great piece of land and thank you know we're really appreciative of you guys letting us use that land for our big event i want to thank ground zero airsoft jolly who sets us up with We've run World War II events there. We've run, uh, we ran an 80s event there. We run a whole bunch of stuff there. Honestly, a lot of people's first airsoft Vietnam events have been at Ground Zero. So thanks again to Ground Zero. And then lastly, I want to thank the Louisville Naval Museum and Lewis, who've given us the opportunity, a lot of us here on this podcast, to sail on the p520 and you know we're part of that group now and it's that's a really awesome experience jim lennon's in love with the p520 i think he wants to live on the p520 i want to be the p520 so hopefully we're back <laughs> but I mean, hopefully we get back on that boat um and you know when the, hopefully when the winter the winter kind of like goes away and the war the weather's warm we can go back out there absolutely yeah so good i mean good podcast we, we we're about to hit two hours if no one else has anything else to say let's do some send-offs so ferrucci say goodbye see you around ladies and gentlemen it's always a pleasure jim lennon say goodbye and keep your powder dry joe sabia say goodbye bye-bye and michael donald say goodbye i'm correct motherfuckers <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this is Liam uh, thanking everyone for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. All right, Ferrucci, say what's up, brother. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Why are you so low, Ferrucci? Try again, Fruch. What's happening, people? Who's uh, doing lo- who's doing dishes back there?
It's all right. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Bullshit for 30 minutes before we even started this podcast. Crickets. All right. Um, dude, the, the phone sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll have to edit this out, but um, what was I going to say? Let me, let me recover. What did I just fucking say before? Shit. Being in contact and communication and then everyone yeah. went radio silent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Hey, remember when you guys were asking me about the definition of irony? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me recover. All right. Um. All right. I'm going to cut this really, really quick because we talked about a lot and I have not saved this. So I'm going to cut. Two, one. I can't decide So there's there's some really substandard uh, some subs blah, blah, blah. cut that part out. Joe, like you haven't been on the podcast yet, so what what are your feelings on coming to Oregon Trail now being part of the planning group for? Wait, I'm sorry. Did I say Oregon Trail? Yeah. I meant to say. Okay, hang on. If anybody has nothing else to say, let's do some send-off. So, uh, Ferrucci, give us a send-off, buddy. Or, well, say, actually, if no one else... Uh, hang on, let me do this over again. If you don't come correct, I'm gonna find you.